0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. This is show number two hundred and thirty-five. We've done it. We finally made it to the uh, to to our goal. This was what we my wondered. lifetime batting average.
1: Yeah, you wish. No, wish. That's my own
0: base. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was this was all we were shooting for when we started this podcast. Make it to show 235.
1: Everything else was just gravy from now on. Yep, yeah, that's
0: right. Uh, my name is Jeff. I'm one half of the show. That other voice you hear is uh, the second half of the show. That is Mark A. Johnston. Mark 235, we're here.
1: I'm uh, I'm ecstatic. I'm also just plain static. So, uh, very exciting to do 235. I know you got something really cool planned for the show. Uh, we have a very special guest who's not going to be here. <laughs> and, uh, of course, the other,
0: uh, the third half of the show is you, the listener. So, thanks right. very much. All right, let's, uh, let's get right into it here. Let's get into our BP segment. Show 235, as I said, in show 234... We came across something that uh, we had to dig up, and I couldn't do it immediately while we were recording. But here it is. Mark, I played it for you before we came on. But this is the uh, the clip from The Simpsons that we brought up last week that is uh, just great. Check it out. I'm Toma Kazoka of the Montreal Expos. Oh, yeah? Well,
1: I'm Esteban of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And I'm the man at the ballpark everyone hates. The umpire? No, Billy Crystal.
0: Billy Crystal out here taking strays. Nice. nice. Uh, Millhouse is my favorite.
1: <laughs> Millhouse is, is pretty awesome. I like Ralph Wigum. Wow. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say Ralph. How you
1: spit it out? Ralph Wiggum.
0: Ralph is my favorite. I I say it tastes like
1: burning. Like that's, that's my probably favorite it. line. That one. And, I bit my Wookiee.
0: <laughs> a couple of times a week, I'll I'll throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got some other stuff to talk about. Hey, uh, do you a uh, member of Costco? Yes. Hey, I am too. And you know what? Because we are, we can get a great deal on a baseball-related product.
1: Oh, nice. What? What? Tell me.
0: This is online only. There is only one available. And uh, you can, if you are a Costco member, get a Mickey Mantle autograph 1951 Bowman rookie card.
1: Whoa. It is
0: sweet. graded. The autograph is graded a 10. The card is only graded a four. That's actually
1: good for, for that time of uh, history. Yeah. Not bad. The card is
0: the card shows wear, but the autograph has been, uh, it's been graded as perfect, which is pretty cool. Now, mm. normally I don't know how much this would cost, but since this is Costco, I can assume that the price tag of $249,999 and 99 cents <laughs> is well below what you would pay for it outside of Costco.
1: Well, yeah, it's a big box warehouse store. Um, absolutely. It probably runs more like 253000
0: At Best Buy or one of those other places, yeah.
1: Now I get 5% off uh, from the type of membership I have. That, that translates to a lot of money here. <laughs> well,
0: let's start a GoFundMe. What do you say? Let's do a <laughs> GoFundMe and let's, as a podcast, everybody listening, let's contribute and let's own this card.
1: I'm, I'm totally up for it. All we need is one billionaire listener. And we'll keep it in my place. We
0: will? (laughs) Yeah, I'll send you a picture if you you want it. This This is part of the description of the product. Immerse yourself in the nostalgia of a bygone era as you gaze upon this meticulously preserved artifact. Whether you're a seasoned collector or an avid fan, owning this autographed gem is an unparalleled opportunity to honor the legacy of Mickey Mantle.
1: Wow, I, I want to honor the legacy of Mickey Mantle.
0: Well, I do too. But, I, well, I guess if I had if I had a quarter of a million dollars just laying around, I would buy this. I don't, so I can't. So let's crowdfund this.
1: I thought you had that kind of bank just laying around.
0: Well, I, my last Two Strike Noise contract didn't come through. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's see, it's the end of the year, so we're getting a lot of those kind of raps, you know, Spotify rap and YouTube and Twitch and all those social media things. Uh, Baseball Reference had to get in on it as well. They've been, actually, they've done a lot, but I was just focusing on the Immaculate Grid. I I thought that I had gotten a personalized one of these things, but I can't find it now. Maybe I was misremembering, as uh, Roger Clemens said, but uh, let's see, the Most guest players in Immaculate Grid from the last year. Did you get this? uh, Did you look at this? I did not. Uh, Who do you you think the most guest player
1: was? Most guest player. Boy, that's tough because is it someone super popular or is it someone that's played for a lot of teams?
0: This is most guest. And I will tell you the number. Actually, most of these guys did not play for more than a handful of teams. So this is not Edwin Jackson. This is not Ricky Henderson. This is not Bartolo Colon.
1: Hmm, let's go with Ivan Rodriguez.
0: <laughs> no, no. He actually played for, well, I guess he played for a handful, like four or five. Yeah. Uh, Albert Pujols. Oh, Which okay. is, I mean, I guess he's getting all of those non team categories, like the awards, because I mean, he only right. played for St. Louis, the Dodgers, and the Angels, right? Those right, are the only three right. teams. So, number two is Miguel Cabrera, who's played for two teams. <laughs> But again, I, I think they're they're using these for the accolades. Then you got uh, Greg Maddox, Barry Bonds, your boy, Nolan Ryan, number five. Very nice. Uh, again, accolades. Every one of these guys is a or will be a certain Hall of Famer, except for Barry Bonds and A-Rod. Right. Uh, everybody else is already in or is named uh, Pujols, Cabrera, Verlander, or Suzuki. Gotcha. Uh, the cheat codes, though, number one was Edwin Jackson. Ricky was number five. Just like your your guy was the number five uh, top guest guy, mine's the number five cheat code. Nice. But Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton might be my, my number one used cheat code. I, I think of him every day.
1: Yeah, he, he got around a little.
0: Yeah, especially at the end of his career, he did. Wedding news, Mark, and I'm sure you're on top of this already. Vanessa Hudgens got married. Oh, okay. But now I, I say that because I know you're a big uh, high school musical fan.
1: Right. Is that a show or is it a movie? I...
0: Now I know, well, it's both, right? I mean, it, oh, okay. it was first a movie on the Disney Channel and then uh, then it became a, a TV show. I think they've had a couple of different uh, spin-offs, different movies and stuff. But she uh, married Cole Tucker. Oh, pitcher, really? or No, I guess he's a shortstop. I think he's I think he's a free agent right now but he he's played for the Pirates and the Rockies. They got married uh, quite a a wedding party here. Cody Bellinger was one of the uh, groomsmen. Mitch Keller was there as well. So, you know, it was a major league baseball thing. Scott Kingrey was also in the in the court or whatever they call wow. it. Wow. Let's see. If you are going to be in the Phoenix uh specifically the Tempe, Arizona area in the latter end of february maybe you are pitcher and catcher and you're reporting or maybe that's getting close to uh, just reporting date for everybody there is a music festival you really need to be uh, checking out here it is called the uh, is i think it's just called innings but scheduled to appear it does not say perform but scheduled to appear ryan dempster which i guess he's going to probably be doing impressions uh, Matt Kemp, Andre Ethier, Luis Gonzalez, Dave Stewart. I don't know what he's doing. I'll ask him about that. Brandon Webb, Dontrell Willis, Eric Gagne, Gagne. I can, you know, I'll never pronounce it right. And Brett Saberhagen. Wow. So, you know, if Brett Saberhagen is there, what he is doing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he's going to play his hit. <laughs> because <laughs> they got the trucks that are on the ball from work to play they've got it all they've got a base that's a real steal and here's another very good deal or well, choose the truck named after me the special edition for mvp do you think he'll they'll set him up on like a dj table i don't think there's any question he's probably going to be the
1: closing act
0: well i don't know this is uh it's a weekend long festival and this is on saturday so
1: he won't be the closing act.
0: It does not look like it. Um, oh, let's see. Uh, appearing on Sunday, along with Ryan Dempster again, we've got Adrian Gonzalez, Ryan Braun, Tim Raines, Raleigh Fingers, Eric Karros, Bobby Valentine, Mark Mulder, and Russ Ortiz. Nice. I, wow. I, just, I don't know what they're going to be doing. Are they just like signing autographs or or what? I don't know. But
1: mm, maybe they're doing karaoke.
0: Maybe uh, it looks like Dave Matthews is headlining it on Saturday. You play the, baseball. The Gin Blossoms are listed here. I did not know they were still together. One of my favorite bands from college. But
1: I like the Gin Blossoms.
0: I do, too. Jealousy, right? And mm-hmm. Allison Road. Hey, Jealousy. So, if you're going to be there, let us know, because I want to know what goes on at this thing.
1: No kidding. Somebody, uh, Jeff will fund three or four people to go to the... Uh, the big show well
0: assuming after i buy that mickey mantle card i have any
1: left right her. that's first on his list yeah. and then after that then
0: we're sending listeners to this music festival that's right absolutely
1: but you have to report in like at least once every 10 minutes yeah
0: and you just got to hold your phone up so we can hear it and listen to the whole concert
1: that's the best way to watch a concert is through the phone of the jerk in front of you <laughs> and also you have to get interviews with
0: all of the players
1: <laughs> every one of them yeah
0: this is a working vacation folks Let's see. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but there was a big signing since our last show in Major League Baseball. I know it hasn't gotten a lot of publicity. I know <laughs> nobody's been paying attention.
1: No, I I heard rumors, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah,
0: obviously we're talking about Shohei Otani and his huge seven hundred million dollar contract with all the deferments. But uh, this is—I found this interesting from the year two thousand until last year the team with the most expensive player in baseball each season only won a world series title three times Hmm. so i mean it's i it's better than none i mean it's improving your odds but still those players were in 2004 manny ramirez was the highest 2009 it was a rod and in 2019 it was max scherzer
1: gotcha interesting
0: I don't know. I say the Dodgers have a pretty good, pretty good start. Yeah. they they have a
1: pretty well rounded team.
0: Oh, and they're not even done. I, I, I at the time of this recording, there's some grumblings about a big trade with Tampa. There's uh, more Japanese pitching to be had. Who knows, man? It's, yeah, it's uh, it's something.
1: Interestingly, uh, I saw that the the one other team that offered uh, Otani seven hundred million was the Giants. It came down to those two teams, which is not what was all over. <laughs> especially, especially, I loved the, uh, the whole, hey, there's a private plane going from Santa Ana Airport to Toronto. It has to be Otani. <laughs> that cracked me up.
0: Well, to be fair, I saw a lot of people saying it's got to be Otani or one of the Sharks from Shark Tank. It was always that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, too.
0: Actually, a story that is just uh, getting legs today when we record is that the Giants are actually having a hard time signing free agents because of the perception of San Francisco right now, which. Yeah, I I know. I certainly know what it's like living here, but uh, I can I can understand that. I mean, the taxes here in California are ridiculously high.
1: And San Francisco
0: is kind of like New York in the mid 80s right now.
1: So, did you see Otani's, the money he's going to make in 10 years after taxes? $73. (laughs) $73.
0: Poor guy. He'll get by. Not to change the subject, but I've got this too. I, I, I've got to ask a question. I don't know what's going on with baseball announcers recently and their weird diets that we're finding out about or why we're finding out about their weird diets. A couple of months ago, we found out that Al Michaels claims that he has never eaten a vegetable in his life, which I find hard to believe.
1: <laughs> that's That's kind of awesome. I would do that if I could. Well, this week
0: we found out that Michael Kay, who is the Yankees announcer, just ate his first ever egg. Again, something hard to believe, but uh, his first ever tortilla chip and the first time he's ever had artichoke dip as well. Wow. Did he try them both at once? Well, he's on a cruise right now.
1: Oh, OK, OK. So the oh, he's trying new stuff on the cruise. Yeah, the tortilla chip, he did
0: dip into the artichoke dip. How could he have known which he liked better if he ate them both at once? This is a Yankee. We don't know. Uh, so, Mark, you and I—we've been in press boxes before. They offer some pretty good food. I mean, at the Mariners, you can get things to order there. They, they yes. every day they've got a couple of different entrees, or you can get custom sandwiches. They've got salad bar. They've got it all. It's 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 a pretty good pretty good deal. It's crickets. They've got crickets. Yeah. Uh, do they have those up there now? They do. Yeah. Oh wow. Didn't have those when I was. I would have tried them then. Point being, it's it's a you're living pretty right if you're eating in the press dining room. Yes, but this guy went and had for his egg, he had an egg white omelet, mm. and he didn't like it. And he says he's never eating eggs again. He ate an egg white omelet no, on a cruise. You got
1: it. You got to have the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Is is that really the best representation of egg
1: fare? No, not at all. Yeah. Egg white omelet is is like a plain. Who knows? There's no flavor in it. Yeah. Besides, the yolk has all kind of antioxidants in it. I think eggs are good for you again. They were bad for you for a while, but I know they're good for you now.
0: If you need another reason to hate the Yankees, this is it.
1: <laughs> and likewise, how can this man be trusted to call a
0: Major League Baseball game? He can't yeah. compare anything to an egg. This is true. <laughs> or a tortilla chip. Or to artichoke dip. It's... Which often, those are three things that often come up during baseball games. That's why Generally
1: was, speaking, yeah. yeah. It, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to hear that because I'm the kind of guy that'll look on the menu and find the weirdest possible thing and order it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a foodie. The wife and I are foodies. We like to go out and try new things. And I just, I can't imagine not ever having an egg. Or if you're going to have something, have the most simple, tasteless version of it and then declare it a failure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just a warning. You don't need to try the salmon tartare. It's, don't try it. Oh, really? You don't right. want to go there.
0: I love, I love all forms of salmon. So I'm going to, well, except Oof. for smoked salmon. I do not like smoked salmon. I love raw salmon. I love, I got a couple of different ways to make
1: salmon. So we're going to have to differ. I like, I like steak tartare, salmon tartare. I can't go back there. No, thank you.
0: All right. Your, Nor- your, your Pacific Northwest card is about to be pulled.
1: I tried it. I don't even like salmon in general.
0: All right. Well, I'll give the authorities your address. Don't worry. Uh, Let's see let's get into trivia mark before we get into the main part of the show last week I asked a question I gave you two names of which listeners of this show are no doubt familiar with Mike Hampton and Gary Sheffield they share a record what a record you say one is a pitcher one is a awful defensive big bat outfielder Uh, yes what could that record be do you have any idea.
1: I, I only have an idea because there were some people that wrote in with the correct answer.
0: Oh, well then, uh, yes, please tell me uh, who, who wrote in and what did they guess?
1: Well, I got, uh, the guy I think is right, is uh, his name is Rich V, and he said each of them won the Silver Slugger Award for four different teams.
0: Very nice. Wow. Rich nailed it. Very nice. Uh, I've got one of our longtime listeners, Brian Krause, likewise sent me never this, the same answer.
1: Very nice. That's a tough one.
0: Yeah, until I asked Brian how he figured out the answer and he told me. And (laughs) I figured I'm going to have to ask these in a different form uh, (laughs) because he just Googled what I read. Uh, But uh, regardless, very nice. Uh, Thank you, uh, Orange Slices, Sunny D, all around for uh, everybody that got that right. Let's get into our next question. And uh, this one I had to do a little research because uh, I was reading about it and the article I read had the wrong answer and I wanted to check on it. So I now know the correct answer. But who was the last batter to get a hit off a of Satchel page?
1: Ooh, ooh, that's tough. It wasn't Dan Howitt, was it?
0: <laughs> no, it was not. Although, you know, Satchel was probably available to pitch when Dan Howitt <laughs> was playing in the he late was, 80s.
1: He was still tossing somewhere. Article
0: I originally... Red said that the answer to the guy that got the last hit was the last guy he struck out and that was just not true and i didn't believe it so i had to do research and yeah now i know who got the last hit and who his last strikeout was but i'm just asking about the hit
1: interesting yeah i'll have to give that some thought
0: all right so uh if uh we'll wait around till the end of the show and we'll tell you how to get a hold of us because that's the only way you're gonna know so you have to you have to sit through this. Uh, let's, get in, let's get into the main segment of the show. And I've got a story this week, Mark, that I happen to see something on social media about the, the subject that I had picked, which I will get to at the end. But uh, we've talked about a lot of baseball players playing overseas. Uh, we've even spoken to some of them about their experiences there. Some have had good experiences, but most find it very hard, and uh, a good deal of them end up on a flight home before even finishing a single season. We want to give a, a tip of the hat to former guest Don August, who played in Taiwan for two years, Vance Law, who played in 1990 for the entire season in Japan, and Bobby Valentine, who managed there and speaks fluent Japanese, also told us that he designed their warm-up jackets. That's right the last one okay he was on the show we'll believe him uh but in the late 70s early 80s though it was uh, should we say it was not rich with mlb talent in the npb not a big thing for big leaguers but LaRon lee graduated from grant high school in sacramento with 36 college football scholarships but he did the smart thing and he said hey i want to play baseball Entered the MLB draft and was the first round draft pick by the Cardinals in 1966 and ended up making it to the big leagues with St. Louis in 1969. He played three seasons there before being traded to the Padres during the 71 season, where he spent another two and a half seasons in Southern California. He bounced around between Cleveland and the Dodgers before being released by LA after the 1976 season. In total, He spent eight years in the big leagues. He was the epitome of an average fourth outfielder. His best year was clearly 1972 when he hit 300, knocked 12 home runs, and drove in 47. None of his other seasons even came close to any of these numbers, and he finished his big league career with a 2.1 career war. He did have some highlights during his time in Major League Baseball. His first Big League home run came off of future Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins on July 4th, 1972. So I'm guessing that was probably in front of like a packed house, July 4th game. Yeah, uh, LaRon broke up a no-hit bid by Tom Seaver of the Mets, getting a single in the ninth inning with one out. Oh, how rude. So after being released by the Dodgers, Leron signed with the Lotte Orions, who are now the Chiba Lotte Marines. There's another... Another throwback to Bobby Valentine right there. Yeah. In his first season in the NPB, Laron hit 317 with 34 home runs and 109 runs batted in, good for a 978 OPS. He led the Pacific League in home runs and RBI and was named an All-Star. Not bad for a rookie import, especially at that point, cuz uh, people coming over from the big leagues weren't this good. Although he wasn't great in the big leagues, but they didn't know what they got. But LaRon had a younger brother called Leon, who was also drafted by the Cardinals in 1971. He kicked around the minors, managing to make it as high as AAA a couple of times, but never got that call to the big leagues, despite putting up better numbers in the minors than his brothers did. During the offseason, Leron suggested to the Lotte front office, hey, maybe you can sign my brother. After the season Leron had had there in Japan, they said, hey, why not? So Leon did not disappoint. In his NPB rookie season, he hit 316 with 19 homers and drove in 73, just a precursor to what he would do the rest of his career in Japan. LaRon spent 12 seasons in Japan, all with Lotte, finishing with a 317 career average, 380 on base, 298 home runs, and 969 RBI. Leon, likewise, ended up playing in Japan for 10 seasons, five with Lotte, three with the Tayo Whales, and the final two with the Occult Swallows. Ah, uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Big Occult fan,
1: not as big as I am a ham fighter. Oh, okay. But, uh,
0: All right. You just like the, the probiotic goodness <laughs> of the Occult Swallows. That's right. Uh, he ended up with a 308 average, 372 on base, 268 home runs, and knocked in 884. 1980 was possibly the best career season for any pair of brothers anywhere in the history of baseball in the entire universe. Leon hit 340 with a 401 on base, 41 home runs, and 116 RBI. Wow. LaRon won the batting title with a 358 average, 398 on base, 33 home runs, and 90 RBI. Wow. That's a combined 74 home runs and 206 RBI by your number three and four hitters, who just happen to be brothers for the Lotte Orions. And they also caused problems for the opposition as LeBron batted left and Leon was a righty. That's amazing. Think if you had Corey and Kyle Seeger batting three and four, they, right. they would have a hard time matching this, especially Kyle. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so the two brothers thrived in Japan. And I, I mean, really thrived, not just on the field, but they embraced the entire culture. Leon became fluent in Japanese within a couple of years. And during his time with the Wales, he was actually one of the first players to be mic'd up during a game. Which is cool. I mean, that's something we're just seeing today kind of become more mainstream. But while he was mic'd up, he shocked everybody in the booth as he was picked up casually chatting in Japanese to his teammates. They adopted to the training methods of the league, which is a kind of a big sticking point for a lot of foreign players, even today. But they said it was like playing a doubleheader each day and they ended up being in the best shape of their lives.
1: There you go. I'm going to I'm going to go play in Japan. Is what I need. I need to get into. get yourself in gear and go play in a Japanese fantasy camp. Yeah I was gonna say I wonder what their
0: fantasy camps are like. Uh, the fans love them for their play but they also love them because of the respect that they showed for their country. I found a great story about uh, Laron and an interaction he had with a fan during a game. He said quote, "I was in right field and our outfield coach was telling me to move toward the line because the right-handed batter at the plate tended to hit the ball the opposite field. I did, but one of the fans right there uh, in the stands by the by the foul line kept telling me to move over even more. The coach at this point is telling me to stop. You have gone too far. Stop. But I kept going until I was almost to the line where the fan told me to go. The batter then hit the ball right down the line and right into my glove. That fan <laughs> knew what he was talking about.
1: Well, you know, you got to know who to trust in life. I've never been good at that, though. Some random fan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the brothers' success is all more impressive when you hear about the challenges they faced as foreigners in the NPB. The strike zone was, shall we say, Eric Gregg-like in terms of width for them, and that's not a body-shaming thing. I'm talk- I'm referencing the Eric Gregg, you know, playoff game with the with the Marlins and that strike zone. Uh, yes, just to clarify that, Leon said that once he uh, told his manager to ask the umpires about it, his manager just smiled back at him and said, hey, maybe you should just get a longer bat. <laughs> they would have hits ruled as errors when nobody was even close to the ball, but it was ruled as an error because the official score said the defensive player was out of position. Of course, these only applied to the foreign players. I've never heard of that.
1: That's funny. (laughs) Yeah.
0: After Leron won the batting title in 1980, he was presented with the award in a small ceremony in the clubhouse rather than in front of fans. He won the batting title also without sponsorships. He had to buy all of his own bats and won won the batting title with his own bats. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So we've talked about players like Randy Bass and Tuffy Rhodes being walked intentionally as they neared records set by Japanese players, Sadaharo, oh, especially. Yeah. Both the records and the person walking uh, them. Leon experienced something similar uh, as he was on the verge of breaking the single season mark for home runs against a single team. He had 16 against the Buffaloes and just needed one more, but he was walked every time he went to the plate against them. He even switched and batted left-handed, even though he was a right-handed batter, and they still walked him. <laughs> It's funny because on his baseball reference page, uh, it lists him as a switch hitter because of this. Because he had an at-bat batting from the left.
1: He was trying, man. He
0: was really trying to get them to throw him anything. Uh, They were treated well, as I said, by the fans, but the owners and the media were relentless. They were constantly pushing the pro-Japanese narrative where Japanese players needed to be the best in the league. The Ron broke the record for career hits for a player with 4,000 or more at-bats. In response, the league immediately created new categories for those which were 5,000 and more or 6,000 and more at-bats to ensure that a foreigner would not be at the top of that list. Wow. After winning the home run and RBI championships, but barely missing out on the batting title in his brilliant first season, a team executive for Lotte said that the team might have won the pennant if only Leron had won the Triple Crown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a loser. Yeah,
0: I know. Come on, man. How could he not win the triple crown? That's why they didn't make the didn't make the playoffs. But in one game, Leon hit two home runs and had six RBI, but his team lost the game eight to seven. The story in the paper the next day focused on the fact that he'd stranded two runners in his first at bat. <laughs> Jeez. And in 1985, after a season in which he batted 303 with 31 home runs and 110 RBI in 128 games, the Whales released Leon. The, the reason was that they didn't think he hit when the team needed him to. <laughs> I mean, this
1: is just oh my! I, I think they might have released him for other reasons.
0: <laughs> well, I, you know, I haven't mentioned it here, and it. I, I guess maybe if you don't know who Leon and, and Leron are, they are African-American. And, you know, besides just being foreign, uh, I'm, this had a lot to do with, with some of this treatment as well.
1: Yeah, um, that's sad.
0: Uh, they were very popular, though, when MLB teams would come over to play exhibition games after the regular season ended. Uh, Don Baylor traveled around with Leon during a tour of Japan following the '90 season and recalled how fans cheered for Lee while clearly they hated Bob Horner. Uh, Horner, of course, had played one season in the NPB and put up great numbers, but he yeah. turned down a lucrative contract extension and then just bad mouthed the league when he went back to, the, to Major League Baseball. They called Horner the ugly American after that. <laughs> uh, while in Japan, Leon would bring his son Derek over during the regular season. So this is Leon Lee and his son is Derek. Now, If the name Derek Lee rings a bell, that's because he's a 15-year Major League veteran.
1: Wow, interesting.
0: Yeah, so Yokohama infielder Desuke Yamashita often worked with Derek uh, when he would be there as a youth, and Derek went on to be an all-star, a gold glove winner. He won a batting title and a World Series ring with the Marlins in 2003. Both Leon and Laron retired after the 1987 season. Laron is currently second all-time in the NPB career batting average table, led only by Nori Aoki, who, of course, played in the big leagues and has got a great Star Wars nickname, Nori Bibi Aoki. Yes. Aoki only overtook him after he came back from playing in the big leagues and played a little bit more in the NPB. Uh, LaRon went on to be the batting coach for the Oakland Athletics in 1989. I oh, did wow. not know that. Wow. You know, they did something in 1989. That, yeah, I've heard rumors. Yeah. <laughs> I was completely unaware of that. But at Fantasy Camp, I'm going to ask the 89 guys about uh, about LaRon. Uh, I mean, they have to remember him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Leon... Likewise, had success after retiring. His familiarity with Japan and the Japanese game led him to being hired to work on the set of the 1992 movie, Mr. Baseball, which is one of my top like three baseball movies. I love Mr. Baseball. Totally makes sense. He selected most of the extras and worked heavily in many aspects of the production, as well as being an extra himself. He, Tom Selleck, and Dennis Aspert had dinner together several times a week for four to five months while filming and became good friends. He went on to become the Cubs Japanese scout, and in 2003 he was hired as the hitting coach for the Oryx Blue Wave. But 20 games into that 2003 season, the Blue Wave fired their manager and Lee was promoted Uh, to the top spot, making him the first black manager in NPB history. Wow. He stepped down after the season with a record of 41, 76, and 3. There were a couple of names MLB fans might recognize from that team. Roosevelt Brown, Scott Sheldon, Max Suzuki, and Masato Yoshi. Wow. The brothers are still popular in Japan and uh, still make appearances at Chiba Marines games. Uh, The two hold the second... Highest home run total for a brother duo at 551. Topped only, of course, by Henry and Tommy Aaron's 768. Uh, Henry, of course, doing most of the heavy lifting. uh,
1: Yeah, there there was about 50-50 there, I think. (laughs) Uh,
0: The DiMaggio's (laughs) clock in at 573, but of course there were three of them. So Mm -hmm. we're just talking about duos here. Uh, A couple of things to uh, tie up this story. 1980. The brothers recorded a children's song called Baseball Boogie that rose to the 12th spot on the Japanese charts. Leon says that he wrote the words for this song while sitting on a train that had been halted because of a snowstorm. It sold well, I'm putting that in quotes, and uh, fans would actually sing it each time they came to bat. And here is a little bit of the only recording that I could find. you're working to the right, behind your point to the left. I went
1: to the ball, you hit it out of sight. Be a superstar, you gotta hit a far away. Be a
0: superstar. So that goes on for another uh three minutes, which
1: must seem like an hour.
0: I mean honestly though I mean it is ex- that's exactly like the Super Bowl shuffle and and those kind of
1: <laughs> yes it is rap
0: uh you know songs that teams and athletes were putting out at that time but There's no Saberhagen Well yeah, you know this this is the second rap that we've had on the show today already
1: <laughs> the rap episode
0: Yeah Now uh it should be noted that Baseball Boogie uh, is the name of that song. But there's another famous baseball song called Baseball Boogie by Mabel Scott that was used quite a bit in the Ken Burns documentary, Baseball. And uh, frankly, it slaps. If I pitch, can you catch? Will you hold the ball? When you stand
1: to the plate, will you swing and fall? If you play, you gotta know how it's done, catch. Do you know the game? I'm a big league pitcher. Can you catch the sleep.
0: So this is only a two and a half minute song, and frankly, is brilliant, and I love it. It's fantastic. G- it's great. I think we just found our new theme song right there. <laughs> <laughs> and finally this is a story that was actually making the rounds on baseball social media this week and it just so happened to match up and i had not seen the story in any of their research that i did so i'm living right and uh, i'm gonna go buy a lottery ticket uh during his first season in japan with Lotte, leon was often seen at local arcades playing the uh, the hit space invaders
1: nice
0: <laughs> do you just remember how basic space invaders
1: was too? it was but man it was so cool
0: yeah well uh the team caught wind of this and promised leon a his very own space invaders arcade game if he could surpass his uh, 1978 home run total of 19 he hit 35 the next year so i'm gotta assume that they kept their word and gave him his very own space invaders game
1: that's awesome
0: there you go leon and Laurent lee and that
1: was cool, man.
0: Hopefully I'll have some follow up. So apparently a couple of years ago, uh, they had I think it was Leon had his own podcast. Uh, where he uh, he had some guys on that I had never heard of. But uh, I'm going to hit some people up at Fantasy Camp who might even know him. Maybe we can maybe we can get a hold of him uh, because I would love to hear some stories from him. I I was just going to say, I bet he can tell
1: us some great tales. Yeah,
0: if you if you want, just uh, do a Google search and there's plenty of videos of him. He has been out and about. But uh, very interesting. Leon and Laron Lee.
1: Great stuff, man.
0: All right, let's uh, get to the final segment of the show. It is everybody's favorite. It is the time where we open up some old baseball cards and uh, we remember things that we had forgotten from previous episodes when we looked up the same players. It is time for Wax Packs Heroes. Wax! All right, Mark. Uh, looking at the scoreboard, uh, this is a foregone conclusion. The season is almost over. This is a blowout. Uh, I will accept your uh, your resignation if you want to go that far. Looking at the scoreboard, I lead fifteen to eleven, and we're playing to twenty. So yeah,
1: we're not starting to panic yet, but we are looking at making trades at the deadline.
0: Ah, oh, well, the, uh, as the commissioner, I've I've moved the deadline up, and you've missed it. So. <laughs>
1: Well, we're going to sign somebody from the Blue Jays then. Oh, okay.
0: Maybe Otani. Uh, Let's see. So let's get right into it here. If you're new here, what we do is we open up uh, some baseball cards, generally wax packs, a little bit newer today, but uh, generally wax packs. And we take the baseball reference war of the year of the pack and we add those up. But that's not all we do. We uh, have some things that can add or subtract points. If there's anything on the player's face, that means a teardrop tattoo, Brady Anderson sideburns, mustache, glasses, anything like that. That's an extra tenth of a point. Uh, If it's a great mustache, uh, Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball mustache, you're going to get two tenths of a point because uh, that's impressive. If we can see real stirrups, meaning we can see sanitaries, that's an extra tenth of a point. But if we see two and ones, that's a minus a tenth of a point. Any awards they won that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, or Gold Glove, that's a half a point each each. If there is a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they are the focus or not, that is a whole extra point. If Ricky Henderson appears on any card throughout this segment, I get five points. If Nolan Ryan does, those uh, five points go to Mark. If there are any pop culture references that we can find, you get a half point each for those, unless the pop culture reference is in regards to Seinfeld, The Simpsons, or Sabrina the Teenage Witch, in which you will get a whole point for each of them, Steve Sachs being, of course, the the big get there and the ultimate. yeah. And, uh, let's see if you were named in the Mitchell report or suspended for PEDs or other atrocities during your career, that is a minus half a point. And Mark and I each pick one team. If my team shows up in any part of this segment, I get half a point. And if Mark's does, uh, I might
1: give myself that half a point as well. I haven't decided yet. All
0: right, Mark, what, uh, what team are you
1: picking this week? Well, I'm going to go with the Nippon Ham Fighters. <laughs> or does it have to be an American well, team?
0: Well, no, I'm happy. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to pull the Nippon Ham Fighters from these this pack. So that's uh, easy. No points for you.
1: Okay. I'd like to switch now. Okay. I'm going to take the Detroit Tigers.
0: Ham Fighters, Tigers. Very it's as close, close as I can get. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go ahead since the uh, Lees were both drafted by the Cardinals. I think I'm going to go with the Cards. Very keep nice. It, keep it topical. All right. Uh, we are finishing up these packs of 2003 tops. Uh, we had some great, uh, great cards last week. Uh, some good cards we hadn't pulled before and some good uh tomaoka Esteban Yan. Uh, <laughs> you know, Simpsons stuff that we had forgotten about. But uh, I've got two packs here, Mark, one in my left hand and one in my right hand. Which one would you like?
1: Well, let's see. Last week I went with the right and I got trounced, even though I had a really good score. Um, So I'm figuring I'm going to go with the right again.
0: All right. I'm going to have you go first. Let's go ahead here and uh, let's see what we got. We're going to start off. uh, This could be a good uh, good poll for you here to start off with. Uh, It is outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers, Greg Vaughn.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Let's see. 15 years in the big leagues for Greg Vaughn. Eight with Milwaukee, three with Tampa, three with the Padres, and then Colorado and Cincinnati for short stints. Uh, let's see, in 2003, it was his final year in the big leagues. That was in Colorado. He only appeared in 22 games. Oh, wow, you're getting the, the raw end of this. man. Only uh, three home runs, a 189 average, and still a 103 OPS plus. But that will equal a minus 0.1 WAR. Good news for you is he's got facial hair. But nothing else on this card is going to help. He's got socks pulled up to his knee, but there's no sanitaries. So nothing is going to help you there. And obviously no awards. Well, no, that's brutal. Wow. look He was drafted five times before he finally signed. Drafted wow. in 84, fifth round by the Cardinals. Later that year, fourth round by the Brewers. 85, first round by the Pirates. Didn't sign then third round by the Angels, and then finally in 86, first round, fourth overall by the Brewers, and signed.
1: Wow, that's a very highly sought-after player.
0: Yeah, but he had other things going on. I guess he wanted to finish college.
1: Yeah, good for him. Greg Vaughn had that goatee and uh, actually became the reason the Cincinnati Reds changed their policy of no facial hair, because when he got traded from the Padres to the Reds, uh, he refused to shave off his goatee, and, um, the fans were like, just, you know, he'd hit like 40 home runs the year before and they were like, Marge shot, or as we like to call her Marge, she should be shot, uh, lifted the policy and he was allowed to keep his facial hair.
0: That's weird that, uh, she would do that for an, an African-American.
1: <laughs> right? That's crazy. Yeah. That policy had been around since 1967.
0: Well, you think that's antiquated. The Yankees still adhere to it.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Oh, that's just stupid. Let it go. As a facial hair guy, I agree.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good note. Yeah, we have no love for Marge Shot. Uh, we say other. We, we, her last name's different when we're not on the air uh, around. <laughs> here. Uh, University of Miami is where Greg Vaughn played, though, and uh, yeah, okay. they, had, they had a good team. They had good teams back then. Uh,
1: Three hundred fifty-five career home runs.
0: Yeah, he had good pop. That's a lot of home runs. Good pop. Uh, let's see. So that will balance out to zero for your first guard.
1: Greg Vaughn. Nice. Well, at least we get some stories.
0: Uh, uh, well, this is good, though. Your next card is a Mariner, and uh, he's Japanese. Very timely for what uh, we've been talking about. It's not Ichiro. It's a closer. I'm going to guess you're going to be able to guess who it is.
1: I'm going to go with Kazuhiro Sasaki. Exactly.
0: Did, uh, did Mariner fans call him Kaz? I always just, uh, it was Kaz Sasaki. Kaz Sasaki
1: or Sasaki-san.
0: Yeah, there we go. Four years in the big leagues. Uh, I thought he was around for a little bit longer, but obviously he played in Japan beforehand and he played in Japan afterhand, afterhand. Is that a
1: word? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're using a dirt, dirt afterhand. <laughs> afterhand,
0: we're making it a word. Uh, let's see in, uh, in the big leagues, all four years were with the Mariners, Uh, Let's see, 2003, you've got a theme going here, was his final year. He appeared in 35 games, a 1-2 record with a 4.05 ERA, and only 10 saves, 29 strikeouts, and 33 innings for a 107 uh, ERA+. And that is a war of positive 0.1. Oh, (laughs) good. Nothing else in this picture, in this this card, is going to help you. Of course, he was the rookie of the year in 2000 yes boy two and five with a 3.16 era and 37 saves 78 strikeouts in 62 innings not bad yeah that's uh that's pretty good in japan before he came over he played for the tayo whales and the yokohama bay stars then he came played in seattle went back and played two more years for yokohama
1: yeah i used to love watching him come in we had a really cool entrance for him and everything
0: let's see 252 career saves in japan Wow, 129 in only four seasons in the majors. Though he closed better in the uh, in, in in major league baseball.
1: Yeah, interestingly, uh, he's a very successful racehorse owner.
0: Right up your yeah. right up your
1: alley. Exactly. Now I might have to get some tips from him.
0: I think you're going to have to get some uh, some pop culture points here because he appeared as a judge on Iron Chef. Oh, sweet. And he has a side recording career with an album of his vocals over techno beats.
1: Okay, we got to find something there.
0: Yeah, that'll be uh, next week. We will hopefully have some (laughs) Kazazaki uh, techno music. Very nice. We'll have a dance party. Okay, let's see. Chose number 22 for his uniform because he was born at 222 on February 22nd. So
1: 222 on 222. Yeah. Wow. All
0: right. I can, I can deal with that. All right. So you're at point six. Uh, your next card is a pitcher for the San Diego Padres, Bobby Jones.
1: Very strange name. You don't hear that one very often. Yeah. Not many people named Bobby Jones. Not the golfer, not the basketball player, not the singer, not the actor, but the pitcher.
0: Let's see. Ten years in the big leagues, eight with the Mets, two with the Padres. Wow. You're getting some rough cards here. He retired yeah. after 2002. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does have facial hair though, so you'll get the tenth of a point for that. Uh, let's see, not a great way to end his career. In two thousand and one, he went eight and nineteen, leading the league in losses with a five point one two ERA, and gave up a league high thirty seven home runs. Wow! Career WAR of eight point one.
1: Uh, positive WAR. Yeah,
0: he had much better, uh, much better time in New York than in San Diego. First round draft pick as well. File that away for your immaculate grid. To grids.
1: There you go. He and a partner created their own barbecue sauce called Sloppy Johns, or is it, it Sloppy for Jones? For local fundraisers, yeah. And uh, and he's a wine collector.
0: Now, why didn't they call him? Why didn't they call it Sloppy Jones? All they uh, need to do is put an need, e on there, and it becomes Sloppy Jones. Yeah, I, I don't know. Why do they I'm not? not why do they not consult us? Uh, according to this, and this might be outdated. They uh, he and his wife reside in Clovis, California, which, if you'll remember, was the uh, high school where the the uh, other cheerleading team was from in Bring It On. Oh, sweet! Yeah, don't uh, don't sleep on that. All right, so you're at point seven. Uh, next, you get an Oakland Athletic. I love it. I love this guy, even though he wore number twenty four. For the A's. Mm. It is Jermaine Die. Jermaine live and let die. Is that a thing? That's not bad. Let's see. 14 years in the big leagues, five with the Royals, five with the White Sox, four with the A's, and one with Atlanta. I remember that. He came up with Atlanta that first year. And then went to Kansas City. Uh let's see. How did he get there? He was uh traded with Jamie Walker for Keith Lockhart and Michael Tucker. Hey, Keith Lockhart, an old buddy. Overall, in 2003 with the A's, uh, he was hurt 65 games. I don't know. I re- I don't remember. Is this, maybe this was coming off. He was hurt from 2002 when he fouled the ball off his shin and, and broke his shin. I have a feeling that that might have been it and kept him out of the beginning of the season. Or maybe he did it at the end. I don't remember. Somebody will tell me. He only hit 172. Four home runs, 20 RBI, and a 38 OPS plus, and that equals a war of minus (laughs) 1.8.
1: I can't, I I don't know what to do anymore. I'm going to have to fire the manager. Yeah, you're not having a good day. Uh, No facial
0: hair on the picture here uh, of him. Can't see any, I mean, nothing on this card is going to help you out either. Ouch. That is, uh, that is rough. Uh, let's see, World Series MVP in 2005 with the Chicago White Sox. He hit 438. That's pretty good. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, didn't he have a really good arm? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head.
1: I think he was known for having a, a gun of an arm. Mm. Uh,
0: Royals fans frequently chanted "Die No Might when he would come up to bat. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> Was that your <laughs> your uh, Simpsons laugh, <laughs> Nelson? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. Now we're going to get sued.
1: <laughs> again.
0: Again, yeah. again. All right. So you are now down at a minus 1.1 1. 1 <laughs> with four cards left. So I'm oh, grand. I'm, I'm hoping this
1: keeps up. Uh, I ne- need four Hall of Famers, Jeff.
0: <laughs> Next, you have got a, or you just need some Tigers, but you're not getting them so far. Uh, let's see. Next, with the Florida Marlins, it's shortstop Alex Gonzalez, speaking of another pretty common name. Not the musician, not the boxer. <laughs> uh, let's see. And there was. There's also been about fifteen thousand of them. Uh, to nobody's surprise, played baseball. But this Alex Rodriguez, nicknamed Seabass. Seabass. H- how? I don't get it. Alex Gonzalez, nicknamed Seabass.
1: Seabass. Okay. I mean
0: Chris Bassett. I understand how you get Seabass for Chris Bassett, but. Yeah. Okay, Uh, let's see. 16 years in the big leagues, eight with the Fish, then two apiece for Cincinnati, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Boston, and then one for Detroit and Toronto. In 2003, with the Marlins, 150 games, he hit 256, 313 on base, 18 home runs, 77 RBI, and a 96 OPS plus. And that is good for a war of, darn it, positive (laughs) 1.3. Yes, somebody went positive. (laughs) Now, in this... Uh, In this card, he's got his sunglasses on top of his hat, but I'm going to give you that.
1: Okay. Because it's not technically on his face.
0: Yeah, it's not technically on his face. But uh, that's all you're going to get off of that card. Well, Wikipedia says he was given the nickname Seabass while playing in Florida, but gives no possible explanation as to why.
1: (laughs) Maybe he was familiar with the, uh, the guy from Dumb and Dumber. Cam Neely,
0: the hockey player, that's Seabass from Dumb and Dumber. That is something I found out just a little while ago. That's so funny. That is. That's that's, uh, that's very strange. All right. So you're in the positive now. You're at point three. Uh, next, you've got a member of the Dodgers. It is Andy Ashby.
1: Boy, I'm getting nothing but big names.
0: Well, I, yeah, we know all these names. They're just, you know, they, they've got long careers, but they're kind of mid Let's yeah. Let's see. Uh, Andy Ashby, fourteen years in the big leagues. Eight with the Padres, three with the Phillies and Dodgers, and then one apiece for Colorado and Atlanta. Two thousand and three was his penultimate season. This with uh, the Dodgers, he went three and ten with a five point one eight ERA, seventy three innings pitched, forty one strikeouts, a seventy eight ERA plus, and hmm. that is good for a WAR of minus point four. Fantastic. Uh, nothing on this card is going to help you out either. Uncle
1: of Aaron Ashby, by the way.
0: Who is Aaron Ashby?
1: Aaron Ashby, Milwaukee Brewers pitcher. Like current? I don't think so. Uh,
0: yeah, well, well, he's got a 2024 projection. He last played in 2022. And last year spent the entire year in the minors. Ah. A, double A, AA, and triple A. So
1: interesting might see yeah, some that's why i thought he was gone he wasn't gone he was just preparing for 2024 yes boys not really interesting <laughs> i tell you what i really picked the winner here all right let's see
0: uh i am gonna like this because your uh second to last card is a cardinal which is my team oh nice so that's a minus half a point right off the right off the bat there uh, so with the Cardinals, it is catcher and uh, future major league manager, Mike Matheny. Ah. 13 years in the big leagues, five with St. Louis, five with Milwaukee, two with the Giants and one with Toronto. 2003 with St. Louis. He, as a catcher, I mean, it looks like he played some first base as well. 141 games. Wow. Uh, hit 252, wow. 320 on base, eight home runs, 47 RBI, a 79 OPS plus Good news for you. He won four gold gloves in his career and this was one of those years. Nice. And so that's going to that's going to negate my uh, Cardinal uh penalty there for you. Uh, and let's see overall a war of positive 0. 0.1. <laughs> which will take you back to zero. Uh there is nothing on this card that is going to help you out either. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Well, that was the worst ever. Uh, let's
0: see. I mean, let's check his pop culture reference. Maybe there's a Simpsons episode where somebody says, Hey, I'm Mike Matheny of the St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> probably not, but let's just, probably not. Let's just check it out. All right. So not only are you getting just mid players stat wise, but in terms of interesting facts about your players, not, too many not, of those, yeah. not a lot of it. All right. Your lap. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to give you extra points. Oh, yeah? For the Florida Marlins. First baseman. Son of Leon Lee. <laughs> it's Derek Lee. What are the odds? Wow. That is I, that is incredible. Wow. <laughs> I've already got his page open here because I had it open for the main story okay well i'm going to give you a a whole point just right off the bat for that for for being related to the main topic of the, of the episode
1: wow appreciate that.
0: uh let's see Derek lee 15 years in the big leagues i already hit up all of his uh superlatives during the main segment here let's see yeah. in 2003 with the fish he appeared in 155 games 271 average 379 on base Uh, 31 home runs, 92 RBI, 21 stolen bases. He won a gold glove, received MVP votes, a 131 OPS plus, and that is good for a 2.9. Thank you, Derek Lee. So that'll be a 3.4 with the gold glove, plus he has got a goatee, so that'll be an extra 10th of a point. We have never had this happen before where we have oh, that's amazing. pulled somebody that is related or has been mentioned in the main segment. Let's see. Lee was a first-round draft pick of the San Diego Padres in 1993. Uh, he was traded by the Padres to the Marlins for Kevin Brown. Remember that trade? Uh, let's see. Uh, interesting notes here. Son of uh, Leon Lee. So we mentioned Leon Lee. Obviously, his father was scouting in Japan. Uh, for the Cubs at one point. But apparently he is the one that signed Hesop Choi to the big leagues, who was later traded for his son, Derek Lee. <laughs> wow. That is, that is crazy. Weird. Yeah. All right. So you are going to finish up with a a
1: very bold 4.5. Well, you know what? I have to be grateful for a 4.5. Yeah, because it should be a 3.5. I gave you extra... An extra point for Derek Lee. <laughs> you know, and I'm going to win by a point because... Well, then I'll take it away. ...goes unpunished. I will take it away if it comes down. <laughs> yeah, thanks.
0: <laughs> All right. So my pack, I'm going to start off with the Seattle Mariner Hall of Famer. Not a Hall of Famer, but a Seattle Mariner Hall of Famer. Uh, catcher Dan Wilson.
1: Yes, he is in the Seattle Mariners Hall of Fame and number retired.
0: Came up with the Cincinnati Reds, I remember that, 14 years in the big leagues, 12 with the Mariners, two with the Reds. Uh, Let's see, in 2003, he caught 96 games, 241 average, 272 on base, four home runs, 43 RBI, a 64 OPS plus, and that is good for a war of a positive 0.2.
1: I will take... Oh, wait, it's not me anymore. Yeah, I'm, you will take I that. will
0: take that. Uh, nothing else on the card is going to help me out. Let's see. Dan Wilson traded by the Reds with Bobby Ayella to the Mariners for Brett Boone and Eric Hansen.
1: Wow. I don't remember that, but it makes sense now.
0: I remember all those players on the Mariners. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he was he was Randy John. He wasn't his personal catcher, but I'd say he caught 95% of Randy
1: Johnson's games. Yeah. The- he was behind the plate for most of Randy's games, yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Let's see, does uh, a lot of work with Root Sports uh, that carries the Mariners games. He didn't catch a perfect game, but he called Felix Hernandez perfect game.
1: Wow, interesting.
0: Uh, I hear somebody scored that game uh, on site and was...
1: Yeah, it's still a bone of contention for me. Living legend. All
0: right, (laughs) next... uh, Oh, God, I've got the catcher pack here. Next, we've got catcher for the Montreal Expos, Michael Barrett.
1: Michael Grin and Barrett. Ooh. I remember,
0: uh, because he played Atlanta a lot when I was there, and I remember the the player notes for each player. His was the same for like seven years. It was (laughs) like we knew what they were before they put them up. Let's see. Michael Barrett, 12 years in the big league, six with Montreal, four with the Cubs, two with the Padres, one with Toronto. In 2003 with Montreal... 70 games a 208 average 280 on base 10 home runs 30 rbi and a 71 ops plus and that is good for a war of minus 0.1 wow i don't like it now do i get any points here because he's a catcher and in this is an action shot he's taking his mask off and instead of a helmet underneath this he's just got his his cap turned backwards is that worth a point Mm -hmm. like being related to the main topic
1: Mm, the well, there is another relation to the main topic. How's that? Uh, he worked with uh, Ryan Dempster to raise money to help Derek Lee's daughter. <laughs> wow. This is the Lee show. <laughs> I guess. Yes. Very
0: nice. Uh, first round draft pick by the Expos. They have a history of drafting uh, catchers in the first round. Uh, no, I guess Tom Brady wasn't a first round draft pick, was he?
1: Guess not. No. Uh,
0: let's see. Then he was traded from the Expos to the A's for Brett Price. And then the A's <laughs> traded him to the Cubs for Damian Miller. I remember Damian, because Damian came up with the, with the uh, Twins, and so I saw him play in Salt Lake a lot. Remember that? Oh, that's right. He went uh, he went to high school in ba- in Atlanta, and that was always the team note when he would come to play. Oh, okay, makes sense.
1: His cousin is Scott Fletcher. Oh, heard of him? Yeah. Well, well, this is interesting. He uh, runs youth baseball programs, including one in Hawaii. Uh, after his tenure with the Hawaiian Winter Baseball League, boy, that must be rough. <laughs> We're sending you to the Hawaiian Winter League. Uh, okay, Jeez, too bad. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> do you remember
0: this? Uh, when he was with the Cubs, he and AJ Przinsky started a brawl at home plate. When uh, they collided at home plate, Przinsky got up and slapped home plate, and then it was on. The, the dugouts cleared. Oh, man. Big, big brawl. And then uh, he was also the one that got into it with Carlos Zambrano in the dugout, who was his teammate at the time.
1: Oh, wow. I do remember that.
0: Yeah. So I am at positive point one after two cards. Not a strong start. Uh, let's see here. I got pitcher for the Bucks. It is Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Wow. 12 years in the big leagues. Uh, and a right-hander, too. Uh, kind of odd. Let's see. Uh, six with the Bucks, six with the Phillies, and then some time with the Royals and the Astros. Wow, good news for me. In 2003, which was his final year, he was an all-star. Uh, it does not say for who. He split time between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Overall, he went 1-7 with a 6.14 ERA. 39 strikeouts in 63 innings, a 69 ERA+. plus. I am going to guess that he was probably on the Pirates to start the season and the Pirates were awful and they had to have an all-star and so he was the best of the worst. Must have been. That's my guess. Uh, Makes total sense. Overall for the year, a war of minus 1.3. <laughs> now, Now, uh, he was... He did his all-star. He was an all-star. Uh, so that won't be as bad. That'll be a minus 0. 0.8. And he does have a goatee. So it's only a minus 0. 0.7. Boy, as good as the cards were last week, they suck this week. We, we used it all last week. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. That uh, that hurts. Williams is a Hokie. He is. Played college ball at Virginia Tech, baby. Gotta love the Hokies. Oh, do you?
0: So, Mike Williams, you will remember something about his career. In 1996, he had been hit, because uh, this is when uh, pitchers still batted in the National League. He had been hit by a pitch the next inning, He came inside and Pedro Martinez was the guy that had hit him. And he threw a pitch, a brushback pitch to Pedro, which uh, Pedro got out of the way. But then Pedro charged the mound, setting off a bench clearing brawl.
1: Pedro, if anyone is going to charge the mound after a chin music, it shouldn't be Pedro. He made his living doing that. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Pitcher on pitcher Violence. How dare you throw the pitch at me? Goodness gracious, you do it
0: every game. All right, so I'm at minus 0.6 Now I'm going to get something here. I'm excited about this. He's a member of the A's. He's looking handsome as ever. No doubt why his nickname was Fox. Beyond the the you know fact that Fox Mulder was from the X Files, but it is Mark Mulder. Nine years in the big leagues. Uh, five with the A's. Four with the Cardinals. 2003 good news for me all-star year first of two in a row he went 15 and 9 with a 3.13 era led the league in complete games and shutouts 186 innings 128 strikeouts a 142 era plus and that is good for a war of 5.8 Ooh, wow plus he is an all-star so that will be a 6.3.
1: Jeez, great!
0: I like it. I like that it beats my one guy. I like it a lot. Uh, first round draft pick by the A's in 1998, and he was traded to the Cardinals for Derek Barton, Kiko Calero, and Dan Heron. Wow! I thought you were going to say Derek Lee at first. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Barton, boy, there is a polarizing figure for A's fans. Uh, a first Rick baseman, Barton? yeah, sure. first baseman that couldn't hit to save his life, but he could walk. Uh, like the best, I think he led the league in walks once or twice. Perfect
1: money ball player. Uh,
0: Kiko Calero. I remember he actually had a good season or two as a middle reliever. And then Dan Heron, uh, just one of those guys that had a ton of talent and just had a good career, but never lived up to that much talent. Uh, let's see Mark Mulder. Uh, was he, uh, did somebody play him in money ball is the question. Let's see if I, Not
1: that I remember. I don't
0: think they did either. Uh, because I, I, I don't think I'm going to get my uh, my pop culture reference because of that. Became quite a
1: golfer. He, uh, he won the 2015 American Century Championship, premier celebrity golf tournament. And the next year, he defended his title and won it again. Nice.
0: Sweet spot for Mark Mulder, one of the big three. Hudson, yes. Zito,
1: and, and Mulder. Remember that.
0: So that takes me up to 5.7. So I'm one and a half. Now, I, I'm 1.2 uh, in first place. I've got four cards left, so I am in no way feeling comfortable <laughs> the way Not these cards the way are these have been landing. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, boy. This is a guy I remember. I've told a story about this guy. He was uh, plays for the Marlins. Uh, second baseman, Luis Castillo. Like, uh, he was the total leadoff guy at this point. Uh, now, this is Luis Castillo, of course, the uh, the infielder, not the Mariners' starting
1: pitcher. Not the pitcher, no. right.
0: Uh, let's see. Had a lot of stolen bases. Led the, led the league a couple of times in his career. Good news for me, 2003, all-star year. Also led the league in sacrifice bunts this year. Won a gold glove as well. I like it. He's got facial hair. I mean... He's, this is this is this is good for me. Uh, overall, fifteen years in the big leagues: Florida for ten, the Mets for four, and Minnesota for two. In two thousand and three, he hit three fourteen at three eighty one on base, six home runs, thirty nine RBI, twenty one stolen bases, nineteen caught stealing. Yikes! Uh, wow. Regardless of that, as a leadoff batter, though he walked sixty three times, struck out sixty. Wow very impressive for his career 800 walks 850 strikeouts that's that's not bad yeah uh 106 ops plus and this equals a war of 4.4 plus he was an all-star in a gold glove so that'll be 5.4 i can't tell if that's a mustache or not I'll, i'll say no can't see his earring so that's disappointing he used to uh you know i sat Obviously, right behind home plate for Atlanta. He used to come, and uh, I learned this long ago you you never walk in front of the plate. You always walk behind the umpire if you're trying to get to the other batter's box. And sure. uh, so he would come, and he would get behind the umpire, and he would stand. And he would turn right to us in that camera while well behind home plate, and he'd you know do this cross, and he had this whole routine. And so we would try to make him laugh because he would be looking right at us. So we would try to do stuff. We got him <laughs> like we got him a couple of times. That's awesome. All right. Uh, boy, if one of us would have picked the uh, the Marlins, we'd be racking up the points. Um, Man, I guess. I got Mike Lowell. He of singular, testicular fortitude, right? Similar to John Kruk had uh, testicular cancer during his career. 13 years in the big leagues, seven with the Fish, five with the Red Sox, one with the Yankees. 2003, all-star year. I like it. <laughs> and uh, got nvp votes 130 games 276 average 350 on base 32 home runs 105 rbi a 128 ops plus and that is a war of 2.8 plus the all-star will be a
1: 3.3 and you have pulled away you were making it fun for a little bit
0: yeah plus he's got uh, he's got a goatee he always had a goatee Mike Lowell. I remember he was a pretty good defensive guy and he had, uh, he had some pop. Uh, let's see. Traded by the Marlins with Josh Beckett and Guillermo Mota to the Red Sox for Hanley Ramirez and some other guys. Let's see. He was also traded for a guy named Mark Johnson one time.
1: <laughs> nice name. Missing it Close. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: 1999 diagnosed with testicular cancer causing to miss two months of the season. However, he went on to recover and played baseball. Two months. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm at 14.5. I've got two cards left. I'm feeling good. Uh, Here is an outfielder for the Blue Jays, Vernon Wells. Name I haven't thought of for a while. 15 years in the big leagues, 12 with Toronto, two with the Angels, and one with the Yankees. In 2003, all-star year. (laughs) <laughs> and he got nvp votes 161 games led the league in plate appearances hits and doubles as well as total bases 317 batting average 359 on base 33 home runs 117 rbi a 132 ops plus and that is a war of 4.5 plus the all-star will be an even
1: five uh, can't you see, could have loaned me one of your cards? Can't see
0: anything on the on the card that's going to help me out, but I, I'll deal with it. Uh, first round draft pick by the Blue Jays. Wow, he was traded for Mike Napoli, who I want to say just retired, didn't he? uh, Did uh <laughs> two thousand and seventeen. I guess it's not that recent.
1: <laughs> now, do you remember the the upper deck early upper deck cards that team checklist and it always had a painting. Yes. On the other side? Yeah, that was Wells' father, Vernon Wells. Wow. He did those paintings. He did. He was, he's a a very acclaimed sports artist. Wow. That is very cool. Yeah, I thought so. My, one of my buddy Jake's idols, the great Vernon Wells.
0: Very nice. A painter. All right. Well, Well, then why wouldn't he, why wasn't he Vernon Wells Jr.? I think he was the third, actually. Why wasn't he Vernon Wells the third? That would have looked cool. That would have looked cool because he's got the two L's in Wells, so it would have been Wells. Line, line, line. Again, nobody ever contacts me about this
1: stuff. No, and you know what? We we will lease ourselves out uh, for cheap as far as marketing goes. You know, we don't even want that much money. Uh, We can stick to five five figures. We're not greedy. We don't need six. Exactly.
0: All right, so I'm on my last card. I'm at 19.5 so I'm <laughs> I'm feeling okay. Uh, I need a big negative here. I don't think you're gonna get it. This guy was I, I think this guy was underrated. Uh, here with the Giants outfielder Marvin Bernard. nine years in the big leagues, all of it with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, let's see, he, in 2003, it was his final year. Uh, it's not going to get big numbers. Only appeared in 46 games, hit 196, 237 on base, no home runs, four RBIs, 32 OPS+, plus, and a minus 0.5 war. So there, you you got a big it's negative. It's going to get worse. Now, uh, unfortunately, though, uh, he does have eye black and a mustache. So I'll get two tenths of a point uh, back
1: for that. He did admit to using roids in the 02 season. Was he suspended? Uh no because it was uh Oh yeah, he, it was well
0: afterwards. Yeah, so uh I'm, I don't I don't take the hit on that. <laughs> Although, fine. Well, we specifically said that you had to be named in the Mitchell report or suspended. So looks like he's the uh, Spanish commentator for the Giants now on radio. Oh, that's cool. Didn't know that. All right. But uh, regardless, that is a 19.2, which I know my school no longer really belongs to a conference, but that does not take away the incredible math that I learned while attending the Washington State University. But I believe 19.2 is a bit higher than 4.5. Right.
1: I'm going to protest that. (laughs) I don't know.
0: Uh, So that will bump me up to 16. And again, just We're just demolishing you. This is a no-doubter. We're bat-flipping everything. We're bat-flipping pop-ups, fouls behind the plate. We're
1: bat-flipping at this point. Look, it ain't over till it's over. Yogi said so. Yeah, well...
0: All right, that'll do it for this uh, edition of Wax Facts Heroes. That's also going to wrap up the show. Thank you again for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, We can be found on all the socials. Uh, Just look in the show notes or just Google at Two Strike Noise. That's T-W-O Strike Noise. Uh, Also, don't forget to get your Hall of Fame boats in. We've been uh, getting some more during this last week. Uh, I'd say after the new year, we're going to make the... uh, make the announcement so if you want your vote counted be sure to get that in and mark you want to tell them about our email address
1: yeah feel free to write to us uh with your trivia answer just say hi let us know you've been listening to every show that always makes us happy you can even lie and say you have even if you haven't uh you can write to us at two strike noise spell that out Strike Noise at gmail.com
0: all right that's gonna do it uh yeah thank you very much uh gonna be a little bit uh spotty the next couple of weeks we've got the holidays going on here in the u.s and then i've got fantasy camp right after the beginning of the year but uh we're gonna fit in as many shows as we can uh, and then we'll get back on our regular schedule after we get back from camp so uh that's gonna do it for this episode thank you again and we will see you on the next edition of two strike noise thank you all god bless
1: you have a great day